Edge is officially all elite. NXT No Mercy from this past Saturday. Ilya Dragunov dethrones Carmelo Hayes to become the new NXT champion. Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch steal the show in the main event. And of course, it's Tuesday. We talk Monday Night Raw, the go-home show to WWE Fastlane for this Saturday. All of that and so much more to discuss on this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to another very special edition of Ruthless Talk. Let us get down to business, shall we? There is a lot to talk about. Ever since we talked uh, Friday Night Smackdown this past Sunday, a lot has happened. I mentioned NXT No Mercy from the last episode. I wasn't able to watch that, and I was able to catch that once that sh or once that podcast was up um, from Sunday. And boy, man, what a freaking show. We're going to dissect that and we're going to talk all about it. Probably not a, a, a full a full on review of NXT No Mercy, but we will talk about uh, for most of the show uh, that did happen this past Saturday. And of course, Monday Night Raw. Uh, Monday Night Raw as we are gearing up for Fastlane uh, for this Saturday. As this today is another jam packed show for you guys today and of course make sure you guys stay tuned for more episodes to come we have aw dynamite uh coming up uh tomorrow night uh tomorrow night and that will that episode will be up on thursday and then uh this weekend we will be talking wwe fast lane there will be no smackdown review this week um it will be a fast lane review show featuring the good the bad and the ugly once again make sure you guys stay tuned for that and of course, many more episodes to come as we get closer to the end of this calendar year, getting closer to Survivor Series, as well as the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and beyond. But let's dive straight into the show. There's no time to waste. There is a lot to talk about. A lot has happened over the past several days and this weekend. But let me start off with my man Edge, my man Adam Copeland, as he is now uh, referred to, his real name, um, as Adam Copeland Edge made a surprise return or a surprise debut his AEW debut as he made a appearance at AEW Wrestle Dream uh this past Sunday in Seattle Washington as he interfered post match uh during Christian Cage as well as Darby Allen for the TNT Championship as he was and of course you know this was obviously Somewhat evident, kind of similar to 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 Jade Cargill to a to a certain to a certain extent, you know, all the pieces were in place, you know, everything was lining up pretty pretty evidently. Of course, it was just a matter of time when Edge's contract officially came to an end with WWE, which was this past September, and now here he is with uh, with AEW as he he is officially all elite now as Adam Copeland going by going by his real freaking name he came out with with his old well i shouldn't really say his old but his original 
freaking theme music. Uh, what, what do you pronounce it? Uh, Megalagus, <laughs> whatever freaking the song from Alter Bridge, right? Freaking shout out to Alter Bridge. That fucking theme song is badass. And I'm glad, I'm so, so glad that we heard that theme song when it did hit and it wasn't something completely different that, you know, I'm just, I'm just glad that part of that theme song when it comes to Edge, Adam Copeland, just, it just, it wouldn't feel the same. Right, it wouldn't feel the same if if he were to make his return. Sure, we would all be happy to see Edge, Adam Copeland, but that theme song, man, just makes you feel a certain type of way. And it's uh, again one of the badass theme songs in professional wrestling. Just freaking one of them in history. Um, so just hearing that theme song, man, just in a, in a AEW setting was just freaking goosebumps, bro. Uh, it was just freaking. It was really, really just a cool moment, and got to see his buddy Christian. Um, as it seems like he's going to be in some some type of feud with that to start off right from the jump, um, you know, to start off his AEW career. So, yeah, man, a uh, Edge, you know, Adam Copeland is officially in AEW. So, but like like I said, man, you know, this was very th- th- this was very evident in, in the in, in the past several. I should say weeks, you know, everything was kind of lined up with all the rumors and everything that we've speculated over the past several days and weeks. And especially when you knew or when we heard about this match between Christian and Darby being in the main event for WrestleDream, you knew something was up. (laughs) You knew something was bound to happen. You know, there's no way that Tony Khan, you know, regardless of how we feel about Tony Khan and how he books these shows, like I highly doubt that this that this pay-per-view, this this live event would just end between a Christian Cage and Darby Allen match. I highly freaking doubt that. So you knew something was up there and and boy were were, were boy was there um as freaking Edge came out and just was the major headline coming out of that pay-per-view. I wasn't really able to watch much um of of Wrestle Dream. I've seen some highlights here and there from what I've heard from from people as well as, you know, just people as well in the community tell me it was a really good show. And from what I saw from highlights, I was able to catch some highlights. I mean, again, it seemed like it was a really decent, it's a good show, a good wrestling show. Um, you know, so of course I saw the MJF stuff with Righteous. Um, I saw the whole Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. stuff and, and, and all that fun stuff, man. So I wasn't able to catch the full pay-per-view, but it seems like, you know, a lot of people enjoyed it. So I, I guess, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Again, I didn't see it, so I'm just going to play along with what people are telling me. So, But again, the major thing that I wanted to really see um, or to keep my eye on was Edge. And Edge, Adam Copeland, made his appearance, man. And here he is in, in, in All Elite Wrestling. So, But let me let me dive straight into this, man. So, you know, there's a lot of talk. And Edge made some comments um, on his Twitter, you know, in regards to just why he decided to leave as he pretty much laid out pretty much everything in regards to, you know, why he left and his state is, you know, his state right now with, with WWE and and just everything as a whole, man. And again, you know, it's just, you know, freaking he cashed the fuck in and I'm, I'm pretty sure this had nothing to do with money. Um, especially just, you know, obviously he cashed the fuck in, but again, it's because that Tony Khan, Mr. Fanboy himself is just a fucking open checkbook. I, I mean, this, I mean, this fucking guy is, I, I mean, dude, this, this dude is the same guy that says that he will take less money 
from Warner Discovery, he'll take less money from a TV rights deal just for them to stay on the air. The same person that he negotiated with Jade Cargill to say, oh, you want this amount of money? Shoot, I'll give you freaking more than what you're asking for. You don't do that, man. Do not over-expenditure yourself. Do not freaking overpay. There is a reason that we look at Tony Khan as just as a fanboy. It's because of shit like that. That This is worse, right? Tony Khan, this is just as a worse situation than Eric Bischoff's open checkbook with Ted Turner's money. It, it's just that bad. Um, you know, so Tony Khan, man, he's gotta, he's gotta stop acting like a freaking, like a fan. And he's gotta start acting like a business owner because once he starts doing that and he doesn't over expenditure himself and he doesn't, you know, feel the need to overpay or to feel like he needs to be underpaid to stay on television, then I'm sure a lot of people will respect him in the industry. It feels like, I don't know, a lot of these partnerships and deals and it feels like this dude just gets freaking walked all over <laughs> and, and and it's it's evident you know it's just but that's who tony khan is you know and until he he decides to put his big boy pants on and become a business owner then you know people will start to look at him as such you know and that's tony khan's biggest problem but hell yeah edge cash the fuck in but it wasn't about money because he did make a statement, like I mentioned earlier. I am going to go over this because it is interesting of some of the some of the words that Edge said uh, in this tweet. As I'm going to go over this, as this is kind of like the main the main focal point of what I want to talk about in regards to Edge and him being a part of all elite wrestling. So let me dive straight into it. This was Edge just a couple days ago on Twitter. He says, "From the desk of, as some of you may know, I am no longer with WWE." My new home is AEW. I'm excited. A whole new roster, some familiar faces that I wanted to work with again, and the whole set of first ever matches. New challenges, and if you followed my career, you know that I've always that I've always been driven. But first and foremost, I want to address my 25 years with WWE. I love WWE, and I appreciate everything that the company did for me. Always have, and always will. Sometimes relationships just grow apart. And I feel that WWE and I have just outgrown each other. I wanted to do more. They didn't have much for me to do. It is simple as that. And that's okay. I'll still be watching and still be supporting all of my friends there. I'm going to continue this uh, as, as there's like another couple more paragraphs here. But I, I, I want you to, I'm going to repeat this. I'm going to repeat this sentence one more time. All right. It's just, this is, this is really, truly baffling to me. He says, they didn't have much for me to do. It is simple as that. And that's okay. And he's okay with it, man. They didn't have much for me to do. Wow. Interesting, right? And it should also sound very familiar. Because how many times, guys, have we heard about certain wrestlers having to stay home because WWE and suits and ties have nothing for them, right? Whether it's purposely or whether they're just that freaking clueless that they can't write up a script to figure out something creative on hand for these wrestlers. You know, this is not the first rodeo we've seen WWE take in regards to leaving people home and leaving these wrestlers question to say, man, like, what's going on? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock. Let's freaking do it. And it's Edge. 
edge out of all freaking people. How how does that shit fucking happen, bro? How does that happen? How do you have a guy, even at his age, that is still like that can thrive in all cylinders? He's proven that for the last three years since he's returned. And you had nothing, nothing for this dude. Why? Because because of his age, right? I mean, you're pushing Damian Priest, who's who's 40 plus. You're now finally pushing LA Knight. Freaking it took you freaking almost a year, eight to nine months to do such. It's just, it's so baffling to me, right? When when you have Roman Reigns, the only people that you can really latch onto, and I've said this before in the past, Roman Reigns, who's hardly even on television. Cody Rhodes, to an extent, we all like Cody Rhodes, but that dude is in nothing freaking meaningful, right? And if you want to throw an LA Knight in there because he's over with this crowd right now and he's got the hot hand, okay, sure. Outside of that, man, who the fuck else? And I'm talking about this current full-time roster right now in WWE. Like, why not throw... You don't have anything for this dude? Like, make it fucking make sense. Like, how... Does that happen for, and again, man, this is not the same. This is not the first time we have heard something like this. People like Alexa bliss, people like Alistair black, Malachi black, where they sit at home and they tweet out and they say, look, man, like I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. I'm waiting for the phone call. They don't have anything for me. And that's why guys, I have this platform, this very podcast to express, right? What these wrestlers unfortunately can't say, you know, that they sit at home and yes, they collect a, they collect a paycheck. That's good for them. But sometimes guys, it's not always about the money. Sure. Edge cashed in because he knows that Tony Khan is an open freaking checkbook <laughs> and, he, and that's just smart business, but it's not always about the freaking money. A lot of these wrestlers guys care about their fucking reputation. And Edge, even still to, still to this day, right? Not just his reputation, but the love for the business. And you're telling me that, you know, this guy sits at home? And again, he says that, you know, and, and he says straight up, I'm okay with that. You know, because, you know, he does have a, a really good relationship with WWE. But still, man, you have a guy that's ready to rock and you wait, to, and you wait it out to the end of his contract to say... Sorry, bud. We ain't got nothing for you. See you later. I don't get it, bro. <laughs> I just, I, I don't get it, man. When, when you have just hardly any legs to stand on right now, when it comes to what you have to offer in this company, the bloodline over the last several weeks and months has, has hasn't been the same since freaking money in the bank at SummerSlam this year. You know, we have a lot of wrestlers like LA Knight and Cody Rhodes that we like and respect and have a tremendous amount of talent, you know. But guys, outside of that, what are the legs to stand on? Right? And, you know, it's just why not have Edge when you even at his age, bro, when he still he tells you he's ready to rock, he wants to do more. Give him more. Give him something, man. But WWE decides to let him walk away. And then Tony Khan opened up that checkbook and here he is, man. And, and listen, you know, it's just, it's just a really, it's just a crazy weird situation, man. That's all I'm going to say. And again, and this is not, this is not the, 
the first time now we hear about wrestlers sitting at home waiting to see if this company if, if wwe aew any of these wrestling promotions to say man like do they have anything for me i'm sitting here waiting i'm twilling my thumbs what the hell's going on and that's what's frustrating then you know not a lot of people just care about the money they care about the reputations and they care about putting on a really good product for their fans and for the business because they love this. And that's it now. Because I'm still busting my ass every time I'm out there, this ride isn't just over yet. Just try to have fun like it should be. Because trust me, I'll be having fun every time I'm out there in an AEW ring. Let's go. End quote from Adam Copeland Edge. So yeah, man, just to kind of wrap this all up into a bow, because I do want to get to NXT, uh, no mercy here. It's just, look, man, it's just, we got to stop because I see this. I, I do see this all over social media and I do hear all these content creators from TikTok and everyone else talking about it. It's just, we got to stop with this whole fanboy shit within like within, within a certain company, bro. It's got to stop. Because like, man, like I just, I don't understand how we can just cling so hard onto the freaking nutsack of a freaking company, whether it's a Vince McMahon, a Triple H or a Tony Khan. It's just like, bro, like, don't we want to see both of these companies bring the best out of one another, right? You know, I refer to, to the Attitude Era all the freaking time, even though I wasn't a part of it, unfortunately. But of course, you know, I have the WWE Network. I always go back and watch this type of stuff. But, you know, there's a reason why I always reference the Attitude Era. Freaking WCW, WWE, or WWF, World Wrestling Federation, right? It's just they brought the best out of one another to put on the best show possible, right? And that's what made professional wrestling in the 1990s right? The early, you know, the late nineties, early two thousand special, because, you know, every show mattered because all of these companies were bringing the best out of one another. Right. And that's what it's about. And maybe it's you now, now because with WWE, because they no longer have anything to prove. And Brian was spot on just a couple months ago about, you know, WWE, they see, you know, AEW, this little, you know, freaking what, what does triple H call it? Freaking a piss and t-shirt company. And they're like, dude, we freaking, we're, we're making our, we're making our freaking money. We're making record revenue. What, what's, what, what's the pressure about? Like, th there's nothing to prove here. We're the top dogs in this, in this freaking wrestling game, man. You know, but, but, but when it comes to AEW, if we want to look at AEW like this legit threat or whatever we want to call AEW, right, the second biggest promotion in in wrestling, then we gotta stop with the fanboy shit, man. You know, that's the thing about this platform, right? People think that I'm negative just because, you know, I'm, I'm objective and I call it like it is. And I'm very honest with my critiques. Now, regardless if it's WWE or AEW, I call everything straight down the middle. Same as Brian and same as a lot of people that have been across this platform because they get it. You know, they get it. They understand, you know, what it takes or understand the business in regards to how this needs to get better. And that's, that's what it is, man. But we're not going to get anywhere if we're going to get that fucking sensitive about, you know, you getting your feelings hurt about, oh, shut up, man. Freaking, I hate AEW. I hate WWE. You suck. No, you suck. It's stop. <laughs> like enough. Like this, 
Oh my God, man. It, it is just like, it's got to stop, man. You know, Tony Khan brought up an alleged war. There is no fucking war, right? How about you step your freaking game up and you actually become competition to WWE? You know, that's the reality. And if a, and, a, and if there's any AEW diehard tried and trues that are upset with that, tough shit. You know, because Edge is spot on. Word for fucking word. You know, it's fucking wrestling, man. Yes, we want to see it get better. Yes, we're critical. Yes, we can be harsh at times, but it's all for the, it, it's all love. It, it's all for a for a purpose, you know, to 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 just see it get better. And that's it, you know. There's no one-sided bias opinion over here. It's none of that shit, man. If you really think that's the case, you could just take a fucking walk. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's just it's so it's super duper frustrating when it comes to that, man. So please, man, just to everybody listening, don't be a fucking fanboy. Don't be a bitch, right? If somebody talks negative about your favorite wrestling company, keep a freaking open mind, right? Know what you're talking about. Just stop, please. Anyway, moving on. But but to finish up this edge stuff, man. So so yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they use Edge. And again, man, we've talked, you know, countless of times about, you know, these wrestlers, especially former WWE talents that come over here. And we think that this is going to be, that this is going to be special. This is the, this is the, this is the moment where AEW turned things around, right? Well, we're, we're soon going to find out, you know, is Edge going to, can Edge be the needle mover of this company? You know? We're soon going to find out. And is Tony Khan and this company going to put him in situations and in storylines and feuds and matches that captivate and want people to see what Edge and these other people do next? That's the question, right? You know, we talked, it's like the, the same CM Punk situation. Sure, CM Punk can move the needle, right? He has the ability. He's, you know, he's freaking CM Punk. He's made that name for himself. But it's poor AEW booking that, all CM Punk did was just a freaking, you know, it's like this, it's like the promo he made years ago. It's just a spoke on the wheel, right? Is Edge going to also be a spoke on the wheel? Just like a 90% of this roster is just a freaking spoke on the wheel. Regardless of how talented this roster is, and I mean it is talented. But outside of maybe MJF and Adam Cole and that whole storyline, I keep saying that to everybody. Everyone else is a spoke on the wheel in that company. And now, now we're going to see if Edge can move that needle, right? Is he just going to be, is he just going to be, you know, part of six man tags? Is he just going to go with the flow of AW style of business? Because if that's the case, man, then this, it, it's going to lead to, it's going to lead to a road of nowhere. Um, just, you know. And again, I'm rooting for Edge. I love freaking Edge. And best believe, man, I'm going to tune in to see what he does. Um, but you got to strike while the iron's hot, man. There's You got big headlines coming out of this pay-per-view, and that's great. Now you got to keep that momentum rolling. Just like how AEW Dynamite went off the, off the air last week, you keep that momentum going. And if you can plug in another storyline here or two in your shows, now you got somewhere. Now, 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 now you're going somewhere. So, but it should be interesting, man. Uh, it really should. It seems like, you know, Christian, 
Um, he's going to start something with Christian. Can that be captivating? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out. Um, is, I believe he's involved in a match with Luchasaurus, not this week, but the following week, but he will make an appearance tomorrow night and you know, we shall soon find out, man, I'm rooting for this. I, I want this to work, man. You know, just like how I wanted the whole CM Punk situation to work. And it's unfortunate that CM Punk was just a liability and Tony Khan put his foot down freaking finally and had no choice but to give him Das Boot. <laughs> so, but with Edge, you know, we, we shall see. You know, there's a lot of talent on this roster. I say that all the freaking time. And now you add Edge into this discussion, you know? So that's the case, man, especially with the, the money <laughs> freaking, you know, freaking edge cash the fuck in with the amount of money that I'm sure Tony Khan gave him. Cause like I said, he's a fucking open checkbook. It's like freaking Eric Bischoff with Ted Turner's fucking money. So we, we shall see, man, we, we shall see. So, um, no doubt this has potential to be special and no doubt this has potential to really change the trajectory for AW. But we said that about countless of superstars that came into this that came into this company countless times. And it's all been the same fucking story. And that's my fear for Edge, man. That Edge is gonna be once again just one of those people that is just gonna be lost in the shuffle because of how atrocious this booking has been. And yes, I know Adam Cole and, and MGF are doing well, right? You know, Jericho and Sammy Guevara to an extent. I mean, that's your personal preference, whatever. But really outside of that, man, there's really nothing. Can Edge be that be that needle mover? Can he truly bring AEW to the promised land that they should have been by now? Well, we're soon going to find out. So, But much love to Edge. Much love to Adam Copeland. Um, again, tremendous freaking moment of him making his debut, freaking loved his, uh, coming out to his original theme song, Megalagus. Again, I don't know how the fuck you say the name, but that song from Alter Bridge, man, just a really cool goosebumps moment. Um, and yeah, man, just again, going back to the whole AEW, WWE Mark fanboy shit, man, just, you know, like, like I said, man, you know, to all the WWE diehard tries and trues, right? And, you know, how did you feel when Cody Rhodes came into WWE at WrestleMania a couple years ago, right? Pretty cool moment. Oh, my God, it's Cody Rhodes. Holy shit, this is crazy. And, and now and now you see Edge over in AEW and you feel a certain type of way, man. I mean, come on. You know, CM Punk, the same way. But now we feel a certain type of way about Edge. It's just make it make sense, bro. So... And that's all I got, man. That's all I got. So we'll see. Um, as, as of course, you know, I'll be talking uh, AW Dynamite this coming Thursday. So we'll see how that plays out in regards to all of that, um, as well as that whole cliffhanger uh, that ended Dynamite last week. As we'll talk about that and see how that unfolds as well. But let me get into NXT No Mercy. Um, NXT No Mercy. I haven't had the chance to talk about it yet. Uh, this was this past Saturday. Um, live, I believe in Sacramento, California. Um, overall, man, very, very solid show. Very, very good show. Um, but let me start from the jump, man. That's why I just want to say, first off, very solid show, uh, from top to bottom. You know, you guys know in NXT with premium live events, they've always been pretty darn consistent and this was no different. 
Uh, but let me start off from the top, man. I'm going to start off with Braun Breaker and, and, and Baron Corbin. So, look, man. So, they went 10-plus minutes in this match. You know, freaking, what was it? Robert Stone or Mr. Stone, whatever the fuck they called him. But I remember his original or his name before was Robert Stone, as I believe he's now the manager of Von Wagner. I know Braun Breaker and Von Wagner have had their issues as of late on NXT. Um, as he tosses... Breaker tosses Stone out of the ring, and that slight distraction, that distraction was so, was so freaking devastating that it led to an end of days finisher from Baron Corbin, and he picks up uh, the freaking W um, over Braun Breaker. Look, man, I just, <laughs> look, man, here's the thing with Braun, and I'm going to be completely honest with everybody. Listen, good for Baron Corbin. Uh, I just, with Braun Breaker's side of things, bro, it feels like, and I know this is not factually, I know this is really not the case, but when it comes to Braun Breaker, it's like, it feels like he's just been losing more than he's been actually winning matches. And it's all really started from when he, when he lost that NXT championship and he's kind of just overstated his welcome. And I've been and I've said that for weeks and months as well in this podcast to where Gotta be careful with Braun Breaker to where if he overstates his welcome and he continues to lose these matches, he's just gonna continue to freaking lose momentum, right? He's already frick, he's lost to Carmelo Hayes, right? He's already freaking lost. I believe he beat Von Wagner, um, you know, but uh, in, in, in these big matches, in these big fight fields, he just lost to Baron Corbin, right? And he's losing all of these freaking, all these matches. I'm pretty sure he lost to Dragonoff in a big match. And he just feels like he just keeps fucking losing. And that's not good, man. You know, how how long can Braun Breaker keep up this shtick to where he remains in NXT and he keeps taking these fucking losses? I, I just, uh, unless you're going to debut him on the main roster at some point given time, I don't understand, like, how taking this loss benefits the dude. Especially how... In such a minuscule fucking distraction to defeat badass Braun Breaker, to be that easily distracted from something that minuscule, get the fuck out of here, bro. Was not on board with that shit at all. Um, just, just, just was, just was not a fan of it. I, I just, just was not a freaking fan of it. So, I, I don't know where Braun goes from here, man. He, he's definitely. He he's definitely overstated his welcome when it comes to NXT, man. Either he needs to either he begins his his journey to the main roster, or if he's gonna stay in NXT, I mean, when it comes to these big matches, man, it's just like again, the fact that his if the fact that the feeling comes across that he loses a lot, because he kind of has, at least in these big moments, that's not good, bro. Like that, that, that's not good at all. Um, it, it's just, it's so weird. It was just such a simplistic loss from Braun Breaker. Um, it, it's just, it's just so, it's just so weird. And then I think he did like a no sell where he got slammed through the announce table and he set up like he was the fucking undertaker, which didn't really fit his character at all. I mean, I get it what you're trying to do. He's big Braun Breaker. He's big and he's strong. And you're trying to make him somewhat stay face. But 
that whole spot was weird. I mean, the match was fine for what it was. It was just the way Braun Breaker lost and the fact that he's still fucking losing these big matches. It's just like, how how much more can Braun Breaker do in this company to continue to lose and just overstate his welcome, right? Freaking, he lost to freaking Seth Rollins. He's now lost to Braun Breaker. He's lost to Dragunov. He's lost to a lot of these fucking people. It's just like, when is enough enough, man? And that's that. That's all I'm going to say in, in regards to that. So, but then you had Trick Williams. You know, Trick Williams, who defeated Dominic Mysterio to become the new NXT North American Champion. Now, now I know um, from what I've heard from um, PW Insider and other sources is that the original plan was to have Mustafa Ali win this match. So regardless if this was Trick or if this was Mustafa Ali or whoever, seems like the plan was definitely to take that title, that North American title, away from Dominic Mysterio. Um, and they decided to give it to Trick Williams, which I honestly really don't mind to an extent. Now, if there's some people out there that think that uh, putting a title on Trick Williams is a little too soon, it's a kind of a little bit rushed, and I hear you. I definitely hear what you're coming from, but it seems like to me from what we heard about this original plan, about Mustafa Ali winning this championship. And of course, you know, that's not the case because he's, he got endeavored. <laughs> he WWE wished his future endeavors. How many times have you heard that fucking touch deck? Right. Um, so yeah, if, if you give this to trick Williams, a guy that at least for the, you know, for such a short amount of time, that's become a big, a big attraction in, in NXT. I'm, I'm, I'm down for it, man. Again, you just, you strike while the iron is hot and what's hot right now is freaking Trick Williams. So um, I definitely, definitely don't mind it at all. Um, de dethroning, dethroning him was honestly the right call uh, for Don. I mean, honestly, um, and we'll see when it comes to Dominic's, you know, side of things and how him losing this championship. And we're going to get to Dominic for Monday Night Raw later on. Um, but it, it's really cool, man. It's just like Trick has really gotten over at least for the NXT crowd and the hardcore wrestling crowd, he's really gotten over in the last few months. And it's just good to see this company kind of pull the trigger when he is red hot because he is hot right now. Cause again, I can understand the, the, you know, the statement to where, Oh, it's, a, you know, it's, it's too soon to put a title on trick. What are we doing here? Like, I get it, man. But sometimes if the audible is called and you have to call that audible, why not give it to your hot hand? That's trick Williams right now. And, and regardless, taking the title off of Dominic, regardless if it was Mustafa or anybody else, was the right call in general. So, But it was a really cool moment. Uh, decent match for what it was. Uh, I believe it was only nine minutes in length for, for, for what it was. But a uh, really solid moment for Trick. And uh, you know who knows if this leads to something with Carmelo Hayes. And we're going to get into Carmelo Hayes in just a second as well. Uh, then you had the fatal four-way tag team match. Uh, Tony D'Angelo and Stax defended their tag titles. You had the Creed Brothers. You had Angel, you had Angel Garcia and hum, um, Humberto Carrillo. And you had OTM, um, the, this new tag team that I've honestly have never heard of. Um, so, you know, Tony D'Angelo and Stax. I mean, again, this is a match that it's kind of hard to review because <laughs> shit was just all over the place in this match. However... This was entertaining for what it was. It kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the whole match in at WrestleMania. It was that men's showcase match to where going into where like, oh, okay, here we fucking go. There's multiple tag teams. There's multiple people. This is going to be a schmoz fest and this is going to be a circus, right? 
But th- but it actually turned out to be a really entertaining freaking match to where the crowd was into and everything. And this was kind of a similar type of vibe as Tony D'Angelo and Stax. Obviously, winning winning is the right call because they just won those freaking tag titles. And then that's really all I got to say, man. It was a you know it was a decent match going into it. I was like, what the hell is this? But then as it went on, man, I was thoroughly freaking entertained by it, and and no and no issues with it at all. And of course, Tony D'Angelo and Stax, them continuing this title reign uh, is no doubt the right call for sure. You also had Noem Dar and Butch go after the Heritage Cup. I don't really, I don't really remember much about that match. I don't have any notes about that match, to be honest with you. But I know Noem Dar won the match. From what I heard, it was a pretty decent match as they did their thing, at least from what I was able to, to watch as well. Um, but freaking, freaking Butch, man. <laughs> even even freaking you sent him down to NXT and he still feels like a fucking just just another dude so and then you have the two main events pretty much i mean your co-main event which was carmelo hayes but dragon but this was pretty much like a double main event for the most part um dragon off uh defending or dethroning carmelo hayes and becoming the new nxt champion uh no doubt the right call I, I, and i mentioned this going into no mercy talking about NXT from last week's show on Thursday when we did cover NXT or NXT that week and their rating and their ratings and their viewership and all that stuff. Uh, guys, Dragonoff is really fucking good, bro. This this dude is arguably could arguably be in the running for wrestler of the year right now. As of as of right freaking now. Every time I watch this dude, this dude gets just gets better gets more captivating and and just continues to up his game. He's believable and he checks off every single freaking box in, re- in regards to obviously his wrestling. We know the talent in his wrestling ability, but his believability and what he brings to the table. And this was a long time coming for Dragunov. Now, obviously, of course, you know, because of this, him winning this championship, it seems like he's not going to get called to the main roster at some point, which also kind of sucks because I've also stated about you know, he would be that type of guy that's believable to take that Intercontinental Championship from Gunther. But regardless, man, this was something that, you know, Dragunov, th- this was the right call to do. This was Dragunov's time. He's at the top of the helm. Um, and a damn solid good match, man. I mean, honestly, I mean, this match from freaking from bell to bell was freaking tremendous. Uh, Carmelo Hayes did his thing. Like I always say, it takes two to tango. So much respect to Carmelo Hayes, and who knows, Carmelo Hayes, does he start something with Trick? Do they start to tease, you know, some type of a turn there? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out moving forward. But Dragunov finally at the top of the helm where he's freaking, where he has earned, bro, ever since, honestly, that Jack feud. And he's done a lot of great things prior to that, of course. But after that Jack match and that feud, he's just been running on all cylinders for the past month, for, for months now. Um, and it's well-deserved for real. And now, now I get to this main event, the, the main event of the double main event, which was Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch, man. <sighs> Look, you know, and I understand there's going to be some people out there going into it, you know, at least from watching live, right? You're thinking, ah, freaking Becky and, and Tiffany Stratton in the main event. You're not going to give that to Carmelo. And, to, and honestly, I really going into it, man, I was like, okay, they gave them the main event. Someone on, uh, on on TikTok, uh, you know, spoke about it before I was able to even watch it about how Becky and Tiffany got the main event. I was like, oh, it's Becky and Tiffany, isn't it? 
And they were like, yep, yes, it is. But in the back of my head, I was like, you know what? I really don't mind that at all. Uh, I really, truly don't. And, and freaking now here's the thing now, after what you saw from Carmelo and freaking Dragunov, you're thinking, well, how the fuck the ladies are going to top that? And holy shit, did they fucking top that? These ladies stole the fucking show, especially Tiffany Stratton. Guys, I'm going to I've said this before and I've said and I'm going to say it again. Tiffany Stratton is really fucking good, man. This woman, if you watch this woman just work, I mean, everything that this woman does just does it so effortlessly. It, it's just, it's a work of art. The moonsault, ev everything, bro. Everything that this woman brings to the table. And it seems like that WWE, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just get the vibe to where like WWE is trying or has been trying to find that next Mandy Rose, right? You know, the blonde bombshell, a little bit of a sporty look, kind of athletic, and nobody seems to fit the bill. And then Tif Tiffany Stratton came along. And that's where I kind of had my first impression about Tiffany Stratton. I'm like, okay, I mean, she's going to be this, this, you know, like, oh, like freaking, you know, the, the freaking, the, the, <laughs> the old blonde bombshell freaking shtick, right? And I was thinking, okay, well, I'll give it a chance to see where this goes. And the more I've watched her, man, the more she has gotten better and better and freaking better. And let me keep and let me remind you guys, this is year number two. She has been doing this wrestling shtick for two fucking years now. And she continues to freaking elevate her game tenfold. And it is so damn good to see. She did it at NXT Battleground. She did it and even in the first match with freaking Becky Lynch. And I know I was very vocal about that, but she was still damn solid uh, against Becky Lynch in that first match. And she stole the fucking show in, in this second match with Becky Lynch, uh, which was a street fight, by the way. Um, now, look, man, I understand, you know, Becky Lynch holding this title. I'm done, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any more comments about it. You guys know how I feel. Everything that I've stated about Becky Lynch and holding on to this NXT Championship um, is still is still evident. I, I still mean every single word by it. You know, and it's not just from Tiffany Stratton, right? I've always I stated this many many times. Tiffany Stratton is going to be fine. Expe I mean, shoot, this match was a match. People talk about star power. People talking about. Putting, you know, matches like this is what people put put them on the map. This was the match, right? This was the match. The setting, the big fight feel, this was it, right? It sucks that it has to lead to Becky Lynch holding on to the title and stripping that title away from her. But this man, like, this was a big fight feel that truly did wonders for Tiffany. And again, and props to Becky too. I want to give her her kudos as well, you know. You know, she, she, she's your, she's your biggest star in the company. She's main event in WrestleMania and all that great stuff. But Tiffany Stratton, man, is, she is that damn good. Everything that she does in that ring and everything that she does, not just in the ring, but again, her character and how she's really just, she, she's just really gelling into it. And, and, and again, man, and how everything that she has been involved in, she has hit home run after home run grand slam after grand slam and she's only getting better bro she is just getting started she hasn't even fucking peaked and, and, and it's it's just really cool 
really cool to see. Now, I know there's going to be some people out there think that I'm just a freaking, you know, I'm being biased because I feel a certain way about Tiffany Stratton. And yeah, I feel a certain way about Tiffany Stratton because she is that damn good. Because guys, I dissect this to a T, right? I dissect this every aspect of Tiffany Stratton's game. And and I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't see a lot of holes, man. <laughs> I truly don't. You know, there's a few wrestlers, right? Where I watch how they perform and they do it so effortlessly to think like, it seems like they don't even try, right? A, a lot of, a few wrestlers that come to mind is Orton, Randy Orton, and Goldust, Dustin Rhodes. Those two wrestle like it's freaking second nature. Like it's like, it's like, it's so smooth, so effortlessly. Tiffany Stratton is in that same freaking category, bro. Legit. If you watch this woman wrestle over the past freaking for months now, it's that damn good, man. You know? And she is going to be, man, and she is truly on her way. She really is. You know, it sucks, again, that the title had to be stripped away from her the way it did. But there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, once she does get to the main roster, she will, you know, she will be given the opportunities. You know, they are going to give her that time of day and, you know, and, and, and she and she's gonna freaking and she's really gonna become a star. She she's gonna become a star in this industry, man. The fact that she's even in this in this shtick with Becky Lynch in the first place, and only twenty four years of age, man. You know, ever since she's first started, she has grown on me more and more and more and more, and she continues to do such. Major props to Tiffany Stratton. Let me let, let's give a round of applause. Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Tremendous main event. Tremendous freaking show, which was NXT No Mercy. Um, so now with in, in regards to Becky Lynch, man. So, I mean, I guess we'll we'll soon find out, you know, in regards to who takes this title away from Becky Lynch. Because I doubt it's going to be Tiffany Stratton at this point now. She's had a rematch. She's lost. You know, yes, again, Tiffany Stratton did lose. But trust me, she she was no doubt. This was her looking like a winner in defeat, right? Not at an NXT show, not in a, in your, in, on, a, on the USA Network, in the middle of an NXT Tuesday show, no. In a big stage, a big fight feel, at a premium live event, a PLE, in that type of setting. That, that, that was Tiffany Stratton stealing the show and a star, a star being born. For, for, for years and for years and years to come. Seriously. Um, so yeah, man, look, tremendous freaking show. NXT, you know, you guys know when it comes to NXT, I truly enjoy what they produce. And this was no different. Outside of the whole Braun Breaker stuff, which is just kind of baffling to me. The Noem Dar and Butch, I wish there was some stuff. Even the the fatal four-way match, I wish there was more more intrigue going into it. But still, man, for for what the show was from top to bottom. No complaints, man. Freaking damn solid show. Dragging off and Hayes tore the roof off the place. Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch just freaking, again, I didn't even know how they were even going to top going into that match after Hayes and Dragon off after what they fucking did. And they, and they seemed to do even better than that <laughs> or even close to that regard. Um, just really well done, man. Just really, really well done. Once again, props to, 
to Dragunov once again getting his crowning moment and being now the top guy in NXT, a place at the mountain, the top of the mountain that he has earned for quite some time now, and Tiffany Stratton stealing the freaking show in that match against Becky Lynch. Can't say enough praise about Tiffany, man. Really can't say enough. You know, for for a girl, for someone that we thought was just going to be another blonde bombshell, and, and she's turned and she is slowly turning into something that we never expected um, out of her. Never in a million years that we ever expected what she is turning into. And it's really awesome to see. So that is it for NXT No Mercy, man. Um, so, you know, we'll see in regards to where everything kind of turns, you know, turns the corner here as, of course, you know, NXT as well uh, is currently going on right now. As I believe NXT or Becky Lynch is, 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 was promoted part of the show. Becky Lynch was injured um, as I believe she was supposed to defend the NXT Women's Championship against Tegan Knox That got postponed, and we'll talk about that for Monday Night Raw's review in just a couple moments here um, as she's promoted for the show as well as many other stuff as well. So we'll, we'll talk. We'll continue to talk NXT moving forward, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that You know, in, in regards to Camarlo Hayes, Dragunov, Tiffany Stratton, as well as many others. But NXT No Mercy, damn good solid stuff, man. Really, from top from top to bottom, no complaints over here. So 